Welcome to 15 to Life, the podcast that talks about life after life in prison. Come with us on a journey and explore stories from within the prison walls to outside the prison walls. All of these podcasts are dedicated to the victims of crime. What's up, everyone, and welcome to the podcast, 15 Alive, the podcast where we talk about life after having a life sentence in prison. I'm your host, Tito, and we're going to jump into some prison-ish right now. So, um, people always ask about crazy stuff that happens in prison, and, you know, the reality is I probably don't remember just as many stories as I do, um, but I'll never forget... There were guys on the yard that uh, did electronics, right? So, um, and when I say did electronics, I mean, you know, they, they'll, they'll fix things. Because, you know, you might order a, and, and yes, we had Walkmans and stuff. This, you know, I was in prison um, late 90s through 2009. So, you know, it's not like we had uh, iPods and stuff like that. Um but we had Walkman, CD players, little boom boxes, and all that good stuff. So, you know, stuff would break down. And people, you couldn't afford to just get new ones, and it wasn't always that easy. And so you'd have someone on the yard who had uh, some uh, electrician in them. Um, and some of these dudes were freaking skilled. And when I say skilled, I mean... Uh, would put lights in your radio that would basically go with an EQ. They'd find, uh, um, you know, um, different ways to amplify radios, right, so that your radio be louder. Um, put auxiliary jacks on your radio. So you might have a radio that doesn't have a CD or a tape player, but they'll install a jack, and then you have an auxiliary jack, and you can plug in your your whatever, you know, your Walkman or your CD player or whatever. So there were some pretty skilled dudes, but the lights, I always thought that was the coolest thing, right? Is you'd have these old LED lights put on there that they would get in different areas or buy off someone and just some cool stuff, right? And and there were a couple guys that would even take um, these lithium batteries, you know, kind of like the rechargeable batteries that they use for like the Makita drills and stuff like that. And they would get them smuggled from the uh, secure areas and they would hook those up in someone's radio so you didn't have to keep buying batteries. You just basically plug your radio up and it charges a battery. I mean, it was some some high-tech stuff, right? Um, And the other thing was, when I first got to prison, um, you know, you still could get a regular package. And when I say regular package, um, I mean your family, your loved ones, your friends, whatever, could buy a box, fill it full of food and clothes and stuff and mail it into you and, um, you would get it. Um, don't get me wrong. They open it up in front of you and kind of check things and then they give it to you. But those were the best things because people could go and literally go to like a dollar store or something and buy a bunch of stuff, throw it in a box. As long as it's not over 30 pounds, you would get it and they wouldn't have to spend a ton of money. Right. And then later they stopped that. And uh, you had to go through a vendor, and then the vendor's charging you, you know, a dollar for a soup or something. And it's 
it's really sad, people. I, I got to tell you, you know, um, people screw up and they go to prison. I'm not saying they deserve to be treated well and all this other stuff. But the reality is they should be treated humane. And more importantly, the families, right? Because when you jack up prices on things so they're super expensive, odds are these individuals' friends and family are the ones footing the bill, not them. So, you know, and and they say, oh, it's because of security. Tell you right now, people... I got a bunch of cell phones and other stuff in, and it came through all that high security crap, so don't believe it. Anyway, where there's a will, there's a way. But um, back in the day, you would get your TV, your radio, all that stuff. It wasn't see-through. Now, when they order stuff, uh, it's the secure view or clear view or see-through so that you can't hide stuff. So that was another thing that these guys that were into the electronics and stuff were were very useful and had a skill set that um, could make them money because they would enable um, your appliances, whether it was a fan, a TV, or radio, whatever, to be manipulated to the extent where you might be able to get in and out of them quickly, even though they put hot glue on all the screws. Obviously, if guys are doing soldering and all that other stuff, they have items that can heat up the glue and take the glue off. So it... They would do this stuff, and you might get your little extra inputs, outputs, and whatever else you need in there. But, you know, they, they could hook it up so you could put contraband in your appliances, which is something I did for years until I finally got caught. But um, needless to say, I'll say one of the most high-tech things I saw. And this was high-tech. Because these dudes were these high-tech electricians that we would call, you know, Circuit City and stuff like that because, you know, they they could they could do whatever you needed to your electronics, right? The most high-tech thing I ever saw was they took a DVD player. And when I say DVD player, um, at the time, I would say I had the, the best DVD player in prison because I had someone spend the extra money and get, like, the thinnest thing that they could find. And I mean, it was, it was super small. I mean, even today's standards, it was very tiny, right? I mean, literally about as, as thick as an RCA jack, because you could fit RCA jacks at the back because it was back in the day. It wasn't all this HDMI and stuff like that. Right. But super thin. And, um, somebody took that, broke it down, which is scary in and of itself. Because if you're in prison and you spent, let's just say, 500 bucks to get this DVD player in, and the DVD player probably cost you somewhere around three, 400 bucks too. So you're talking like a smooth $1,000, right? And then you can hustle a DVD player easy in prison because you're guaranteed to have some porno stuff, but then you're going to have some movies, right? And you can rent that thing out for 20 bucks a night if you want. You know what I mean? So. I mean, it's worth a lot of money. And to let someone take that and potentially break it in attempting to do what I'm about to talk about, I mean, that's ballsy in and of itself. Needless to say, this thing was broke down and put into a Sony boombox radio, right? Took the CD player out, put the DVD player in, and then created extra jacks where you would put in your RCA jacks. And you could literally plug up the freaking radio to a TV and watch your movies. 
<laughs> it was freaking genius because they'd come in and search a cell. And worst thing is they might find the movies, but we would have people on the outside. I don't know if you guys might remember this or not, but you could print out sticker labels for your CDs and your DVDs. And so we would have them print out these stickers High quality, right? Because one time they sent in a bunch of low quality. And, oh, my God, they sucked. They were so obvious that they weren't the originals. But high quality ones. And then we would go to the extent of taking um, some uh, uh, real lightweight. It's called Mosh Posh. It's kind of like a a wax for doing hobby stuff. But you smooth it. You sand down the edges of the sticker and the, the DVD just very finely just so that they... You can't tell that it's a sticker sitting on top. And then you roll some of this hodgepodge on modgepodge on it. And really I mean, don't get me wrong, it's a pain in the ass. And if you do it wrong, it makes it look even worse. But you can make it look like it's just a regular freaking C D that came from the store like that. So yeah, it was crazy. But here's the the real crazy story. That was just kind of an insight on some of the crazy electronic stuff. We would do in there. Don't get me wrong. Nowadays, uh, you can get an iPad in prison. Um, yeah, and some people will get the iPads that have the cellular hookup, you know, even though you're not supposed to have it, right? Um, hell, I was talking with an old buddy of mine because he had an iPad. He's like, yeah, I got my iPad. I'm like, dude, you risk having an iPad in there? Oh, we can have them, just not supposed to have them a cellular service. So, you know, I got to keep it off and all this stuff and I'm like that's crazy but anyway so one of the homies um had some work done on his radio and if I if I remember correctly the work involved getting those those battery packs put in and for whatever reason something didn't work out he's going back and forth and it's with another race so we're others Others are basically, you know, anything that doesn't fall under the white, black, or Mexican categories. Then you have a separate category for um, AMIs or Native Americans, right? And then you got others, which is pretty much uh, all your Pacific Islanders, um, all your Asians, all your Latins that don't want to be in the car or run with the Mexicans. The Mexicans do also have Northern and Southern Mexicans, but... You know, that's pretty much their group. Um, So we were others. This was a Filipino dude that was getting his radio worked on. And uh, it was white guys doing the work. Needless to say, um, I don't remember exactly what happened. Uh, The stuff wasn't working right. The white guys didn't want to pay him his money back, you know. And this dude... um, (laughs) I personally don't have a lot of love for him. He was a homie, so I do whatever in prison, but out here, yeah, like whatever. But um he uh um he wasn't the guy to push a line, right? So he went to our shot caller, which was a OG uh Samoan dude, huge dude, <laughs> right? And a guy who had been around in the system for years and years and years. Everyone knows him, freaking respects him, right? Um, so he's like, you know, I'll, I'm going to go talk to these dudes, right? So we had this thing in prison, um, and it's something that um, I 
think, if I'm not mistaken, it stemmed out of the whole, like, the Attica riots and stuff back in the day in New York. So they, the Fed said you have to have an advisory council to kind of quill and, and um, take down uh, when things are getting rough. You have to have some people on the inside um, that can walk and talk to people and, and try to work things out. Um, so they have a MAC, a MAC, which is Men's Advisory Council. So you have to have people from every group. Um, don't get me wrong, like the Northerners and Southerners don't really do it, but pretty much all the other races do. But a lot of us, like I was MAC as well, it's basically a, a card that enables us to go walk around. So we do it more so we have some freedom. And yeah, sometimes we might go and, and kind of try to, you know, calm some some BS down. But the reality is, it's more for us to just go around and talk and actually more strategize than anything else. But so he was a MAC. And so he used that card to go over after the yard recall was done and everyone's locked up. And he goes and gets these dudes' cell opened up, right? Now, mind you, this dude's Samoan, about six feet, maybe six feet and an inch or so. Probably a good solid, like, 250, like, solid, right? <laughs> it's a big dude. So, like, when he stands in your cell door, like, he blocks the entire door off, right? Now, I wasn't there. But I heard, and not to mention I worked in the program office, so I actually saw all the incident reports and stuff. But And then after talking to, to the Uso, the Samoan dude, later, you know, he kind of told me everything. But he basically went over there to tell them, like, either fix the freaking radio or, you know, give up the money, one, one or the other. For whatever reason, and these are two white dudes, they're two lifers, um, for whatever reason, uh, I guess they didn't want to lose face, I don't know, and I've kept in touch with these guys, so I don't know, I just never asked about it, because, you know, who wants to talk about a time when you got into some, some shit, right, but, like, he went over there to get this stuff, Maybe the way he was talking to them and they felt there were other white dudes around so they couldn't, you know, just let it go or, or bow down or whatever you want to call it. But apparently they got to yelling and screaming at him and maybe they thought it was two of them and everything. He basically like, from what I remember, I know he broke one of their noses and I mean, he basically beat them both up. Now the cops see this. So now they're shooting the block gun. The block gun is like, uh, you've probably seen it in all these riots and crap, but it's like a, a big barreled uh, gun that shoots uh, wooden batons. And, I mean, they could if they catch you on the temple and close enough, they can kill you, but they're, they're really made to hurt like a son of a bitch and make you stop doing what you're doing. So needless to say, they're shooting the block gun and spraying pepper spray and everything and, like, it took a bunch of cops to get get the Samoan dude out the cell, right? Um, needless to say, the homie ended up getting his radio back later. <laughs> but they all kind of go to the hole for a minute. They all come back to the same yard um, just because 
the Simone brother had a lot of pool and basically said, Hey, it's a done deal. Don't worry. And you know, whatever. And they all came back to the yard, but, um, yeah, it, it's kind of like, that's part of the reason why I did one of my first podcasts was why everyone should go to prison. Right. Because if you're not tough, don't try to be tough. Like, don't get me wrong. If if you're in a position where it's the the fight or flight and you got to fight because there ain't nowhere to flight, (laughs) by all means, handle your freaking business. But don't ever try to act tough knowing that's not you, right? Like me, I'm not a tough guy. Don't get me wrong. I know I got a lot of capabilities for that crap, but it's not me. So you won't see me go there quickly. But the second I feel like you're a threat, to me, my wife, or my daughter, best believe the the option of not being able to beat your ass will leave my mind immediately. And then I'm dangerous because I'm not going to stop, you know. But on the flip side, I'm not the kind of guy to go push up on someone and be like, hey, what the hell, you're about to give me your money or something. Hell no, that ain't me, right? So even if you feel like someone's taking advantage of you, just back the hell up and Like, look at your options first. Don't be something you're not, though. The other thing is, is don't, like in prison, and same out here, don't do business with people that that kind of shit might happen. You know what I mean? And a lot of people that do these, like, side hustles in prison, um, sometimes they do it because it's good money or they'll do stuff half-ass. Like, there was another dude that did electronics that it was like every so often his shit would just break down. And and he was a dope fiend. So people would just go, man, are you doing my, are you fixing my radio half-ass so that I have to come back and spend more money with you? You know? And, yeah, and, and then, you know, he ends up getting beat up. So, anyway, my point in all this is crazy shit does happen, right? And behind crazy freaking reasons. The other thing was, is them two white dudes had all their tools and all their soldering shit. They lost all that shit because when their property got packed up, they take all that. So they lost so much by not just saying, you know what? Hey, we'll get the radio face. We'll give it back or whatever the hell, right? So it's kind of like knowing when to quit and knowing when to attempt to do a hustle. So... I do want to end this on that note because if you're watching TikTok and and freaking YouTube and Instagram, you're going to be seeing a ton of people telling you that they're going to get you rich fast. And here's 28 side hustles. And for a hundred bucks, you can start making a thousand bucks a day and all this shit. If you want to dabble in that stuff, you should have already been thinking about it, Right. And it shouldn't take someone's stupid commercial to sell you uh, how to get rich quick scheme to do it. Like if you want to do t-shirts and sell them, do that shit. Look up how to do it. But don't do it because you saw a freaking commercial, right? Like I think that's something that's inherently wrong and has been there since before all this shit. Look at how many people stay within poverty or going in and out of prison because... People in my family on my block sell dope. So that's what I'm going to do. I'm going to sell dope. Without thinking, but I don't want to go to jail. I don't want to be rich today and broke tomorrow. 
I don't want to be, you know what I mean? It's like having sex without protection. Like if you catch something, who are you going to be mad at, right? My point is, there's so much shit out there to do and things to see and everything. Don't get your ass beat by a big ass Samoan because <laughs> you think you hard and you took up a side hustle that wasn't what you should be doing, right? Needless to say, that was a prison story. That was a little bit of preaching too, but uh, I hope y'all had a bit of a chuckle and got a little insight on some prison game. Um, and I'm hoping to have another roundtable soon. I know a lot of people have been checking out that roundtable podcast, which was like two freaking hours. I'll try and keep the next one shorter. But anyway, love y'all. Stay safe. Wear your mask. Wash your hands. And remember, it's not just about you. It's about all the other people around you if you choose to go outside. All right. Later.